What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio studios for the MMB Radio podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And on today's episode, I have a woman who is not only an AVN nominee, not only a successful cam model, she's all over Night Flirt, OnlyFans. She's just an amazing person. She also is a life coach where she helps restoring faith, giving hope, and living in love which is all the stuff that I'm into and I'm crazy and giddy about. So I want to welcome her into the phone lines right now. I want to welcome in Miss Christy Love. Christy, what's going on? Yeah, doing great. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your show. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your busy, crazy, hectic schedule. Um, I know you will be attending Exotica in Chicago, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as the world is now starting to open up and you know, spread their legs a little bit. Um, so we're actually getting back into some kind of normalcy. But uh, before we get into all that and your life coaching and everything, for people who are not familiar with who you are, uh, where are you originally from? Um, I'm originally from Northern California. Uh, so, yeah, and then I, I'm now at, in San Diego. Okay. So where, where about, like, in, in North Cal, like, in, in, like, the Bay Area, Sacramento, like, a really small town actually called Yuba City. It's near Sacramento. Okay. Not too many people have heard of it. <laughs> okay. And, I mean, how was life growing up in, in Northern California? Because I know San Diego is friggin' amazing. I mean, you guys hardly ever get any rain. It's like, what, 70s or, like, low 80s all year round, from what people tell me. Um, but what was, what was uh, life like growing up in California? Um, you know, I... I remember I lived in an agricultural, like, little community, and I just remember as a little girl, I've always asked my mom, Mom, let's go to Sacramento, let's go to Roseville. I always craved to be in the big city. So coming down to San Diego was, like, perfect for me because uh, I just felt like this is where I belong. I love the big city. And, and now from doing some research and growing up, I mean, your, your makeup, you are Korean and white. And, you know, yeah. from what, you know, I've gathered here, I mean, you grew up in a very conservative household. Uh, kind of take us through, you know, childhood. Were you able to do a lot of things? Were you kind of, like, sheltered? Because you hear so many people talk about being in a certain type of household, and they can't do anything, and they're, you know, they break free, and then they become, you know, someone totally different. So what was, uh, you know, being a child growing up and the freedoms or lack of that you may have had? Yeah, so um, growing up, um, you know, I've, I love my parents so much. Um, they were phenomenal, but there was, I mean, every family has their struggles. Uh, my mom, being Asian, is very, like, conservative and very, very strict. So I really felt like I was um, definitely more confined, like had to stay home a lot, um, both of my parents worked a lot, and then eventually my dad ended up in um, in the ministry. So he's actually he was a pastor. He just retired a couple years ago. So during that time, I I would definitely say it was very it was more. I had I lived in a strict household. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of take us through, you know, not to. Okay, too personal, but, I mean, you mentioned on your website about going through some things in life that kind of opened you up to being an advocate now for people who are, you know, um, survivors and, you know, 
other things that they may have gone through in their personal lives. Um, kind of touch on that a little bit for people out there who are not really familiar with your entire backstory. Yeah, so I'm pretty open about um, saying, yes, um, I, I was uh, molested as a child, and then I was raped several times in high school. Um, so I did struggle with a lot of, like, a lot of craziness and I guess the stereotype, oh, sex workers all have been dealt with some kind of sexual trauma. And I, I actually believe that's pretty true for a majority of us. Um, so I guess for me, I realized, um, as I was growing up that I actually hated sex. I hated anything dealing with sex because every time I was intimate in that way, I felt a lot of like I had a lot of pain. I guess there's two ways that people deal with sexual trauma. They either love it and become super slutty or they absolutely hate it because it just reminds reminds them of pain. So for me, it was very like anything sexual is very painful for me and I, I did not like it. Um, it was through when I started webcamming where I had to learn to develop like enjoying my body. And um, as I started to enjoy my body, that's when I really felt like I was healed from a lot of the traumatic experiences of the past. Now, what, kind of take everybody through the mindset of, like, what made you want to do webcamming? Like, did you come to a realization that you're like, hey, this is a, an easy way of source of income? Or was it something there where it's like you felt like you were taking control back of what may have happened? Because I've spoken to people in the past who have been in similar situations with you, and they felt like, like you said, Anything sexual, anything of that nature was just, you know, just felt uncomfortable to them because it just brought back memories and things that, you know, happened to them. And a lot of them broke three and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take control back of my life now. Kind of take everybody yeah. into the mindset of where, you know, where you were with that. Um, well, I actually got into webcamming because I am. Um uh, I was financially struggling. So at the time, I didn't really understand um, I didn't really know what webcamming was, but I really liked the idea. Oh, you work at home and you can make a grand a week. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so for that, uh, I started getting into it in the beginning. You know, obviously, I did not enjoy webcamming at all. I didn't like masturbating. Um, I never really had like an orgasm, actually. But um, the more I started the business, uh, I learned, I began to learn more about my body and how my body, uh, like, likes to be touched and feel, felt, um, especially now that I was in control of my own body with using, like, dildos. I really felt like, what do you say, um, through that, that's where I really, really got my healing from, I guess you could say. And I know it's not for everyone, so I'm not saying everyone should join webcamming or do any type of sex work. I'm just saying some people, like for me, it has really helped me. Now, what do you say to critics that are saying, like you just said, it's not for everybody, but there's people out there that are saying, like, wait, like, how can you go through such a dramatic situation? And then now you're, you know, you're kind of contributing to, you know, part of that world. What do you say to the critics that are out there saying that, like, oh, that's like, that's craziness. Like, why, why would you do something like that? I would probably say everyone heals differently. Mm -hmm. So why put someone down for the way they heal? I mean, 
that's pretty much what I would say. I mean, I get a lot of people who bash on me, and especially um, since I grew up in a background of a Christian. Um, but, you know, who are we to point fingers at? Who are we to judge? Who are we to tell how one person can get healed and one person can't? We are all different individu- individuals, and we all heal in different ways. And you are currently still a practicing, you know, Christian, right? Yes, yes. So um, I am a pastor along with my husband. Um, so my husband and I actually moved down to San Diego to plant a church. Um, we met in Bible school. And um, I got caught for doing webcamming, uh, solo webcamming, and uh, we got we shut down the church. We got kicked out of the church um, for from another church that we were underneath our covering. And then during COVID, um, I just started reading pretty much like a whole bunch of like my co coworkers, co stars. I see on their Twitter like I'm depressed. I'm dealing with anxiety. I tried to commit, you know, attempted to commit suicide. And um, to me, that just broke my heart. Like what are we doing? Like, you know, I feel like, um, there was not a place for, I guess, us sex workers to really find help or, um, a place of, of encouragement. I just feel like we're all in our, are in our secluded, um, world, um, rejected by judgment from a lot of people. And this is just my point of view. I don't know what other people feel, but this is how I feel. And so when I started reading all this on their social media, I was just like telling my husband, I'm like, man, I wish I could figure out a way to help out my industry. I just don't know how. And then, um, you know, my husband and I just, we just pretty much started praying and we just felt a tug in our heart to replant a church. And so we have restarted a church and um, we've been doing it for like the last six months um, moved into the Doubletree Hotel in downtown Little Italy, San Diego, and it's awesome to see a church that really loves people with no judgment at all, but we just love people for where they're at because a lot of people in the industry or a lot of people in the church world, they say we love you for where they're at, but they really don't. Mm-hmm. They expect you to change in order for them to love you for where you're at. And we're not that. Now, let me ask, did you ever feel, like, compelled to maybe, you know, change your ways? Did you ever feel pressure at any point where you said to yourself or said to your husband, you know, we're doing all this stuff and everything we're doing, everybody's saying, you know, it's like, shame on you, shame on you. Did you ever feel like you had to change up? Um, I kind of feel like conviction is to everyone's own own judgment so like for me I never I never wanted to get out and I'm still in it to this day even though I my husband are pastors and we're both we both have an open marriage nah we just like we just like where we're at right now so why change <laughs> but I mean <laughs> but so, I mean, you think about it you know I mean you said you were doing the the webcamming thing and then you get you know people that are backlashing you for you know doing webcamming because of you know what you've been through so you have mm-hmm. that side that's kind of like trying to tell you this is wrong, this is not how you should be living your life. And then you have the, the, the church side of the churchgoers that are saying, you know, 
you know, being a, a, a good Christian, you shouldn't be doing anything with porn or anything. So let me ask you this, too, is now that you and your husband are creating your own church and everything, did you have people who are, like, hesitant to want to join because of what you currently do? Um, we have the extreme. We have people who completely bash us, mm-hmm. and we have people who are so passionate about the church. Um, we tell people who bash us, well, yeah, my sin might be this, but what is yours? Mm-hmm. There's not one person who's perfect. So just because I chose to do sex work, well, guess what? I don't, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do, you know, I don't do those things, but there are pastors out there who, who do drink and get drunk. There's, mm-hmm. you hear stories about, um, you know, many pastors shut down their church uh, during COVID because they got caught for of having an affair. So I don't think that there's one perfect person out there. I'm just letting you know, hey, this is my sin. I'm not saying what I'm doing is right, but this is my sin. You like me or not, but, you know, I'd rather be up front and be real than have a pastor who who acts like they're perfect, but they're really not, and they're struggling inside. And I totally agree, and not to push my own beliefs or anyone else's beliefs on anybody, but, I mean, we all are born out of sin. So to yeah. to compare one sin to the other is kind of like, it's like just stupid in my book. But um, And it's funny because I was just saying this to a, uh, someone the other day. I said, you know, there's so many people out there that want to shame people for what they do, whether it be cam modeling or any kind of sex work. But it's just like these people are the same people that are buying the stuff, watching it behind closed doors, participating it in it without it being, you know, public knowledge. And I sometimes wonder, it's just like, is it like their conscience gets to them to the point where they want to shame everybody else to kind of bring you back to their level because they don't feel comfortable being open about their sexuality. So, oh yeah. So how did like how did you I mean come to the realization that you know this is this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm you know going to continue to do no matter what anybody has to say. Um, when I when I've had so many stories where people would tell me I would um. Like a one person from our church, um, she said, you know, I want to be a part of this church because she had a divorce and the church that she was a part of kicked her out because they didn't approve of her divorce. Mm-hmm. And there's two people like that. It's like, okay, she had a divorce, so you just want to kick someone out of the church when she's already going through so much. Like she's a single mom now, you know, the, the husband cheated on her and but then the church is like, oh, I don't care about you. I care about looking good to making sure, like, we have leadership that has a strong marriage rather than just being there for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having her come in and say, I feel so welcomed and loved here. It's just, I mean, we have people, we have this um Jewish guy who is like, I'm not a Christian, but I just come to this church because I feel like I'm accepted and I'm loved for who I am. And he said he feels more accepted in our church than going to the synagogue. And so hearing stories like that or even like um, a couple that's gay or lesbian who would just come in and say, you know what? I feel so accepted and loved 
even though I, I struggle with whatever, if they're gay or lesbian, but if they went to another church, they would feel rejected. Mm -hmm. But because they're here, they just feel just loved. And I really feel like that's the heart of Christ. Like the, the Bible says, um, for John, it says, um, Jesus, for God to love the world, he gave his only one and begotten son. But after that, the, the next verse, it says that Jesus didn't come here to condemn the world. But why is the church condemning the world? Mm -hmm. why, why are we doing that? So for me, it's like the church has become so con condemning that no one wants to go into the church. People know their faults. They know what their struggles are. But the thing people don't know is that they're loved. And I, I couldn't say it any better myself. Uh, I, I've always kind of had this opinion in my mind that, you know, I, I, I try to refrain from talking about, you know, religion and politics with people. I keep that stuff for the podcast. Like I said, no topic too big or too small. But oh. I totally understand where you're coming from because, I mean, from what I've been taught, you know, I'm Catholic. And I get people that, you know, say stuff that, you know, negative and bash me for being Catholic because, hey, we have our faults just like anyone else. Um, again, nobody is perfect. But I've always been taught is that, you know, Jesus died for our sins. You know, Jesus loves us no matter what. You know, like there's that love. But then you see, like you said, so many different, you know, places of worship where people are being turned away or told that they're wrong for doing something. It's kind of like a, a contradiction of, you know, what the Bible or, you know, the Quran or any other, you know, holy book and practices tell us. And then we're doing the complete opposite. So it's amazing. It's refreshing to see that you're allowing, you know, the doors to be open to bring people in to, you know, kind of live their lives and not feel like that they're, you know, wrong for doing anything that's not technically illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, everyone has their own junk, but let let that be between you and God. It's not my job to tell you what you're what how to change. I feel like that's definitely just between you and God thing. And I'm just here and called to just love on people. Now, let me ask, too, when people find out that you did webcamming or that you are, you know, an adult entertainer, what is the, the initial reaction that you get from people who may not be, you know, fans of that world and are just hearing this sort of first time, like, what is their initial reaction to that? Mm, I've had some really painful events where uh, when they find out, I've had friends say, I can't associate with you because you're going to make me look bad. Mm -hmm. They would unfriend me on Facebook when they found out. Um, these are mostly all my Christian friends because I went to Bible school. So them finding out that now I turned into porn, um a lot of rejection. It was really hard. It was so hard for me that it came to a point where um, my heart grew bitter and very callous towards people. Um, I never stopped loving the Lord because I, I just already knew God is just, he loves people no matter what. And I always knew that. Um, but just towards Christians and people who acted like that to me, I was like, I don't want to know anyone. But I realized that I can allow them to affect me or I could just forgive them and just have a heart of just really being free from that, being free from judgment, being being free from caring about what people thinks think about me. And um, when I when I had that mindset to stop caring and just to forgive everyone, um, I became so much more happier. <laughs> and I wish more people could get to that that point 
the, where you're at. I can tell you from my personal experience, I know I struggle with that almost every day because people don't accept the fact that I do this podcast. You know, don't accept the fact that I know people who are in the industry, uh, people that you that want to be your friend, but it's like it's like selective friendship. You know what I mean? You know, you have like selective hearing, and they got selective friendship. Like they're okay being your friend when it has nothing to do with you know this world. Um, and it's made me really, at least I can say, the one thing out of the pandemic it allowed me to wake up and see a lot more of what people who you know truly are. And I can say that I have had to cut people off just because, you know, or maybe they might say that they cut me off because of, you know, what I do and, you know, who I associate with. Um, what do you say to people, though, that are trying to get to that point where they feel like everybody's kind of rejecting them? They feel lost. They feel like, you know, nobody understands me. You know, I'm being shunned for what I do or what I like. But I'm not breaking any laws. I'm not doing anything that's, you know, personally affecting anyone's lives. It's my own life. How do you help people can, like, get to that point of feeling whole and kind of secure in their own being? Yeah, I think definitely surround yourself with encouraging people that love you for, for you, um, whether it just be one or two friends. But find that because sometimes you need support. And then the number one thing is that when people... See, here's the thing. You're responsible for your own life. Um, so how you react is how you'll be. So um, if you hold unforgiveness towards someone, then you're going to you're going to have the effects of unforgiveness and you're going to live with like bitterness and hatred and, and it, being depressed, filled with anxiety and not have any friends. So um, I would say, like, do you want to live a life like that? And put a wall up to these people or do you just want to forgive these people and just love on them and not care what they think because you're not responsible of how how they react to you because they're responsible of their own life you're only responsible of yourself so choose how you want to live and um if it's to be free and loving then choose to forgive and let those words bounce off but don't react uh, harshly towards them, just love on them because I feel like the the issue is if people are coming after you because of your occupation or something about you, it's because it's reflecting that something that's inside of them. Maybe they might be dealing with in- insecurities. Maybe they deal with um, acceptance issues. So I feel like that's a reflection of what's really going on with them. So don't let that bother you. Just keep being the confident person you are, the loving person you are, the forgiving person you are. So that would be my biggest encouragement. Now, before we get into some of these fan questions, because I had a couple fans sending in questions that they knew you were going to be on the podcast, I want to talk about your school of greatness and kind of uh, kind of break it down for people who are wondering how they can sign up for it, what can they expect from it, because um, you can check it all out at christylove.tv, but kind of give everybody a synopsis of what they can expect from that website yeah so um i haven't taken it down but um i actually um i am putting that on uh i i'm not no longer doing life coaching anymore because now i'm focusing on ministry um so uh right now um i did start it because when i was webcamming um i would the, the thing I love about webcamming, even though I do webcamming and porn, is that uh, webcamming, I can actually talk to my fans. And so when I first started, I would have people come 
to my room and say, Christy, I'm dealing with depression. I, I'm suicidal. I'm hopeless. I, uh, I don't have the strength to keep going forward. And, um, I've always been pretty encouraging. I feel like that's like a gift that I've always carried with me. And, um, I remember I was just thinking this was long time ago, like eight years ago when I started camming. Um, I was like, man, what can I do to help, help these people? I, I don't want to see people like this. So then I started, um, I started doing, uh, once a week YouTube videos of just words of encouragement. And I had fans come back to me and say, wow, that was so powerful. Uh, thank you so much. That carried me throughout the week. And then I decided to get my, uh, degree in life coaching and started this program. And, um, that's where I had videos and I would do two, 30 minute sessions of where we would just talk about issues that you're going through. Um, so that's what I used to do, but I am shutting that down due to now relaunching the ministry, doing it, still doing adult work, which takes up a lot of time and also full-time ministry that takes up a lot of time. So, um, right now I am no longer doing life coaching. I apologize to everyone who was interested. Um, but definitely check out my YouTube for just encouragement. I talk all about mindset. Um, and you can also comment below and say, hey, Christy, I'm going through this. Can you help me out? Can you give me just an encouraging word how to deal with it? And I'll, I'll make a YouTube video out of it with some of my advice and suggestions. Very awesome. And like I said, we got a couple questions here from fans. So we try to pick some of the best questions that we have. And uh, one Twitter follower tweeted in, wanted to know, what is the biggest uh, misconception about what you do as a sex worker? Um, hmm. One is uh, the biggest misconception that I do. Um, hmm. I'm not really sure. I mean, because I kind of feel like you may have answered it in a roundabout way from just, you know, talking now where I believe if it were me is that people think that you're not in touch with, you know, normal life and normal people, which clearly evidently that you are, um, you know, you're just like everybody else. Uh, a lot of people tell me that they think people think that, you know, you're on like your own planet or something and you're, you know, exiled yeah. from the rest of the, you know, normal world or whatever we, you know, deem is normal. Um, that's what I would think. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, I do. I well, yes, that I, I feel like people think like when you're a porn star, maybe <laughs> I get. Okay, I know I get people say, oh, I thought you were going to be stuck up and rude and have this, like, um, I don't know, what do you say, like, oh, it's all about me kind of mm -hmm. attitude. And, uh, and then when people get to know me, they're like, oh, wait, you're not like that. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny when I have other guests on, and it's, it's like you can kind of tell, like, I, I feel like there's always, like, two ends of the spectrum. Because you do get some of the people that just think that they're just, they're, they're on some other level and, you know, just not very in tune to what life really is. <laughs> or maybe in their, in their world, that's what, you know, life is all about. Um, and then I find people like you that are like, wow, like you are, you know, forming a business, you know, I mean, it's ministry, it's, you know, not so much a business where you're bringing income, but at least you're, you're doing something with your life that's constructive. Uh, where I feel a lot of people think that like, oh, porn stars, all they are is just as, you know, ditzy and you know or just drugged out and just you know have no 
goals or inspirations to be anything more than just, you know, laying on their back. Uh, so I, th- I think it's awesome that, you know, what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I commend you for that. Oh, well, thank you. So let's see. We got another question here. Um, working in the business, how much longer do you see yourself being a part of the adult business? So doing everything that you're doing, obviously, like you said, you have a packed schedule. Do you continue mm-hmm. to see yourself doing the adult stuff, or do you see you kind of like fading that out and focusing more on the ministry? Um, I'm not sure. I know I'm always going to want to be in the adult industry. Um, I currently, now this is not like firm in stone, but I am thinking that I will retire as a performer in January of AVN. So after AVN's, um, I'll probably retire as a performer because I do want to have a baby. Um, so I don't know if I will just perform as a girl girl for until I have a baby or I'll just pause for a little bit and retire. Um, so um, if I if my body bounces back in phenomenal shape, then I'll go back in and be full time adult performer. If not, then I'm thinking I would like to become a porn agent. So that's another avenue I'll just stick with behind the scenes. But everything is still not up in the air. I mean, everything's still up in the air right now. I'm still trying to decide how I want to move forward. Well, anybody and everybody that's seen you, I don't think you bouncing back is going to be an issue. Like, I have an amazing Ugh. body, so I don't think that's going to be the issue. But I would suggest, I mean, if you're going to pause, you know, that's that's a bigger payday when you come back. You know, like, <laughs> I see a lot of people, they, they stop, and it's just like, when they come back, it's like crazy money being thrown at them to come back. Um, personal question I have, have you ever mm-hmm. been offered or, you know, to do anything that you felt uncomfortable doing? Um, hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, so, I mean, is it, are we able to elaborate on what it was asked or, you know? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think this was my part of being really stupid. Um, so I was doing like a uh, BDSM scene with someone and the talent, the guy, the, he was a talent and director was like, hey, how about, uh, would you be open to needle play? And I said, I'm thinking in my mind, oh, acupuncture? Yeah, that sounds cool. It'd look cool on the scene. Um, well, it turns out it wasn't acupuncture. What I imagined in my head, he actually pulls my nipple and grabs a needle and sticks it right through it, and I'm screaming. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been traumatized about my nipples being touched. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would say that was probably the most traumatic experience for me in the industry. And I, and I probably would feel, I felt super uncomfortable. He did apologize. He was nice about it. But, um, next time I know to ask questions <laughs> before committing instead of assuming this is what it is. That's why I say everybody's scared to get the vaccine. Um, they're not going to pierce your nipples. They're not going to shoot you, you know, the, the vaccine in your, in your, in your tits. So, <laughs> but hey, you, like you said, you learned from it. Now you got to ask questions. That's why we're telling everybody with, you know, getting the vaccine, do your research, ask questions about it, you know, because you could show up for your COVID shot and they want to stick a needle in your nipple. You never know. It could be some crazy shit. 
<laughs> oh, yes. So the I mean, with COVID going on, and it's it's crazy because I feel like every episode since COVID started, I feel like everybody has touched on the subject and on the topic of COVID. Um, and now we're starting to open up. We're starting to places are allowing people to come back in. And one of the big things that the adult industry is excited about is Exotica, and the first yes. one is taking place in Chicago, July 16th through the 18th, and you're going to be attending, correct? Yes, I will be there. That's my first Exotica event ever. Okay. Has anybody prepped you on what Exotica is going to be like? No, not at all. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to know what it's going to be like now after, you know, almost 15 months of, you know, not having access to stuff. Because I'll be honest, I've, ex- I've attended a lot of them. And pre-COVID, I was probably like, yo, I need some hand wipes or some sanitizer. <laughs> because you just see a lot of people at these events who are just like, what is going on? Um, were you nervous, though, when they were asked and invited to be there? Was it something where you're like, I don't know if I want to be in a crowd like that? Or did you just kind of like, hey, I'm just going to tackle this head on? No, I already knew in the, my mindset was I was going to tackle it head on because I knew, like, this might be my retirement year. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, okay, COVID is open. I'm going as hard as I can, as fast as I can, um, just because my time may be limited. Now, what can people expect from you when they go to Exotica? Because, I mean, a lot of people are like, all right, well, can I get a picture? Can I get an autograph? Are you going to have anything exclusive to offer to them there? Yeah, so I will have, um, you can take a photo with me, um, autographs. I'll have 8x10s. I'll have calendars. Um, it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff like DVDs, everything. You'll, Yeah, there's going to be lots of product. Awesome. So everybody that's been hitting me up asking what she's going to have at a merch table, there you have it. You don't have to go through me as much as I love being the, you know, the QVC host for you and letting everybody know that, you know, get your stuff right now from her. You can see her at Exotica in Chicago. And a couple more questions here. And before we let you go, um, another guy wanted to know, is there anybody that you want to work with? I mean, you're mentioning now this could be your retirement year. Was there anybody that's on your bucket list that you're like, all right, I got maybe a year left in this. I got to make this shit happen. Yes. Uh, so I hope to work with Johnny Sins. Um, he's one person. And then I also would like to work with Dread. Okay. Now, who is uh, your favorite to have worked with so far in the business? Hmm. You know, everyone keeps asking me that, but I don't know how to respond because everyone was so phenomenal. Um, I've ha- I've never had really a bad experience except for that nipple experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I've never, yeah, all my scenes, I just really felt like they have been really good. I loved everyone that I worked with, which I feel so lucky. Now, AVN, you've been nominated for AVNs and stuff, and you're saying after AVN, it could be the swan song and be done with. Um, do you plan or do you have, like, an idea of, like, a, a, a speech or a statement or something, how you're going to announce this? Um, for people or, you know, like, is it going to be one of these things where people are just going to find out and they're just going to be just blown away or is it going to be something where you're going to announce it and kind of like a farewell tour? No, because I think even, um, if I do retire as a performer, I'll still be webcamming because it's all solo. So I, I feel like I'll still be a part of adult work. Um, I probably would just announce it on my Twitter. Hey guys, I'm trying to get pregnant <laughs> well wait so, hold on if you say that on twitter <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of crazy responses 
Yeah, I mean, I probably just announced it because I get asked all the time, like, hey, are you still doing porn? What's your newest shoot? Um, so I'm probably just like that. I mean, because you, you, you do realize if you tweet out like, hey, guys, I'm trying to get pregnant, your Twitter mentions are going to blow up with people that are, <laughs> are going to want to help you with that process. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so let everybody know where they could find you at on all these social media platforms and websites, because we want to make sure everybody's following and interacting with the legit Christy Love. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So um, both my Twitter and Instagram is CLCA69 and follow my YouTube channel, which is Extraordinary Love Channel on YouTube. Would love for you guys to um, definitely follow me. That's very awesome. Is there anything else you want the fans to know before we let you get up out of here and start prepping for Exotica? Yeah, I guess just a reminder that... Um, Everyone is called to greatness, and don't forget that you're loved, and you're accepted, and you're adored, and that um, always know the best is yet to come. And thank you so much for be- letting me be a part of this amazing show. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and being so open and transparent, because that's the one thing that I love about guests that come on, and they're just real. You know, I mentioned we've had people that, you know, we won't mention things. We've had people come on and they kind of, you know, foodaisy it and kind of, you know, put on a character of who they want to be, you know. But the one thing that I, I've always admired and loved about you is that you're just 100% transparent. You're like, you're a real person. And the fact that you are spreading the message of positivity and not letting people just kind of feel like they're not accepted is something that's just is really cool in my book. So it's been a huge honor and a pleasure to have you on. And uh, hopefully, you know, even if you, you know, decide that you're not going to be, you know, a performer anymore and you're just doing the webcamming and stuff, we always welcome you back on the podcast because we would love to hear more about your stories, about your, your trials and tribulations and anything that you ever want to share with us. Like, we're always here for you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, well, you have a good one. Thanks for talking to us today. Yes, thank you. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Christy Love, and you're listening to Mix Master B at MMB Radio.